Arizona's sports station. The Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload. It is the rundown for April 16th, 2020. I'm your host, Luke Lipinski. Michaela Perkins producing as always. And on this fine Thursday, we figured we'd take a turn towards hockey and talk to Craig Morgan of The Athletic. Just kind of get his thoughts on what is going on with the uh, the NHL, if they have any chance of coming back this uh, season or if we're sort of at the point where we're looking towards the 2020-2021 campaign with everything going on. Uh, but more specifically, how that impacts the Arizona Coyotes, who aren't necessarily a team that went all in on this season, but they did make some moves specifically catered towards making the playoffs and making a push this year. If this season is, in fact, over, how does that set them up for the future? Here's Craig Morgan of The Athletic. All right, Craig, how you doing? Thanks for calling in. No problem. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm I'm good, all things considered. Relatively very good, but uh, I miss hockey. This is this is the best time of year for hockey. So it's it's a very noticeable void. We should be coming up on what like game five or six of these first round series. So I, I know everybody's frustrated, but uh, so am I. Yeah, it's definitely tough not to be able to watch playoff hockey. It is absolutely my favorite thing in sports. Um, I'm definitely going to be watching. Uh, Coyote Classics on Fox Sports Arizona to watch the uh, 2012 playoff run. But, yeah, it's, it's not the same when you actually already know the outcome. Yeah, it's a little bit different, although that was a pretty good run in 2012. Well, let's let's uh, we'll focus just on the Coyotes here since it's not really a hockey show per se. But this is a team that, you know, they, they I don't want to say they pushed all their chips to the center of the table on this season because I don't think that's accurate. But they were they were building towards this year for a while, and then they went out and added Phil Kessel before the season and Taylor Hall during the season. They had every intention of making the playoffs this year and trying to go on a run. So I want to start with simply, if you're John Chaika, how do you assess this season if it is indeed over? And I guess for the purposes of this conversation, let's just assume it is over because they're not playing right now. It may still come back, but let's say they cut off at this point and, and we don't see hockey again until next season. If you're the GM, how do you assess what your team did this season? Yeah, it's hard to parse right now. And I asked John Chica this very question in a story I wrote earlier this week. And, you know, as he said, he's not really a fan of these arbitrary uh, endpoints for, for evaluation. They, as he said, we could have evaluated at other points of the season. We might have been in first place. So do is your is your take entirely different at that point um it's just it's really as he said just a data point for him in in analyzing where they're going and and then of course they look at some of the factors i agree with you that they increased expectations when they added kessel in the offseason and then of course went out and get, got taylor hall but you and i both know that some of that's mitigated by the loss of darcy kemper and then the injuries that auntie ranta had in, in january it was really tough they were getting below average goaltending for a full month and and that hurt them significantly, and then they then they hit some goal scoring problems in February. So it's it's a tough evaluation right now. I, you, you've got some issues with some players that are pretty clear. You needed more production from Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz, and and Kessel, of course. And so you have to look at how you can unlock some of that. But you have to be you have to be careful at the same time that you're not making too uh, rash a judgment. Um, I don't know if you were looking at some of those uh, underlying stats, but the Coyotes were creating a lot of scoring chances over the last 10 games before this pause. In fact, as uh, Sean Tierney charted it, they were at the top of the league in generating chances. So it sort of looked like their game was coming back a little bit. And maybe with a little puck luck, they might have been able to go on a run here and still get in. 
So I, I don't envy John Chica right now. This is a really tough evaluation, Luke. Yeah, I mean, it's just such an odd and unique circumstance. Obviously, we've never seen anything like this before. But if, if you're looking at the Coyotes, and I know they were stumbling a little bit there in, in February, but through 70 games, which is an arbitrary number, except right now it's it's all we have to go with, they were four points out of a playoff spot with 12 games to go. So this was a team, if nothing else, even if they didn't make the playoffs this year, you were looking to see how they performed down the stretch in a playoff race, and all of a sudden that, that stretch is just, it's gone right now. So, I mean, even as simple as taking a look at Rick Tockett, who, you know, what, his contract goes through next season. If right. you're John Chica, how do you look at the job that Rick Tockett did? Because the most important part of the season hasn't been played yet. Yeah, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. And, and when you look at those 12 games, as, as Rick Tockett has mentioned himself, eight of those were at home, where they, they were playing pretty good hockey on home ice. So, if you've got eight home games and then your four road games are finally, you know, games where you don't have to fly back east or to the central time zone, you still had opportunity. Um, so it, and, and, and really, even even if they got one game more that, than we're talking about here and, and the, the deficit's only two points, it's still right there for you. So, again, I, I don't know how you do this evaluation. It's a, it's a real challenge, but I don't get the sense that Rick Tockett or his coaching staff are in any trouble at this point, I think. John Chica is still committed to them for at least the final season of Rick's contract. And that's probably the way it should be. And you mentioned those last 12 games, eight of them at home. You had two against Vancouver, one against Winnipeg. So a few games right there. You had another one against Nashville, against teams right around you. And then, I mean, you had a game against Detroit. The way the Red Wings played this season, you can pretty much assume that was two points for the Coyotes. So this was, was definitely right there for them. They are a team that's built to be dangerous in the playoffs with that goaltending potentially so on the one hand you look and you're like well why are you talking about evaluating it if it's if if it's so difficult to do but on the other hand they're gonna have to do that in the offseason if this is uh, if this actually ends up being the end of the regular season let's go back to taylor hall uh i know you don't have a crystal ball there to predict whether or not he's coming back i'm not totally sure taylor hall knows at this point because it's been such a unique circumstance but with the way things are set up right now, if we don't have playoffs in the NHL, I mean, the league's going to lose money. You figure players are going to have less money available to them in free agency. Do you see any of this potentially affecting Taylor Hall as he heads into his, his unrestricted summer? I could definitely see that happening. And, you know, he's, he talked about it a little bit. Pierre Lebrun did a story with him yesterday where he offered some insights, not much. You, most, mostly you're saying the same things, you're hearing the same things. And I've kept in touch with John Chica, of course, and Darren Ferris, his agent, as well. Yeah, there, there's a potential school of thought. But again, with so much still up in the air, it's just so hard to say. Now, if we get to that point where we're talking about massive loss of revenue, uh, a lowered cap and all of that, that might be the way to go because <laughs> you don't, you're don't. you probably not going to get a lot of teams that are going to commit for the long term. And, and, and it's, it's going to be difficult on free agents. But that's that's one of so many questions that are just so hard to answer right now. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. If you're looking at this team, uh, and let's let's take the rest of the season and playoffs potentially out of it for now. If you just look at what they uh, they have to do this off season, if you're John Chica, what are you trying to add? I mean, the, the thing that you can never add. <laughs> you need a you need, you need a, a an elite number one center, right? Yeah. I mean, they also need goal scoring. They're hoping that you know these younger players, the core, will develop and give them some of that, but. Do they have an elite goal scorer on this roster? I'm not sure that they do still. And and you don't have that, that really top-end guy. 
at the center position from which everything filters down and everybody slots into the positions where they really should be playing. So I don't know how you do that. You're, you're not going to do it in the draft because you don't have a first-round pick unless somehow they end up in the top three, in which case New Jersey doesn't get their pick. Um, who knows what's going to happen with this investigation, too. They may have to forfeit some draft picks if they're found guilty by the NHL. So that's really hard to predict as well. But if you're asking me what they need, I think we both know. I mean, it's the same thing they've needed forever. They, they need that piece in the middle of the ice. There, there's, there's always a lot up in the air. It feels like when the Coyotes hit their off season, but this, uh, this year in particular, because the entire league has so much uncertainty, it's, uh, it is craziness. In terms of guys that are unrestricted free agents, if we uh, head into the off season, it's Carl Soderberg, Taylor Hall, and Brad Richardson. I mean, Hall is your best pure goal scorer, and Carl Soderberg was having a pretty productive season. So it, yeah. it's just it's it's a lot of uncertainty. The core that they have been building around, and I'll leave guys like Hall out of that for now, just specifically Christian Dvorak and Jacob Chikrin and Clayton Keller. And I, I will toss Nick Schmaltz in there as well. And I guess Oliver ekman Larson, but they've been building around him for a while. Of those four or five guys, did any of them stand out to you in a good way? And did any of them stand out to you in a in, in way that says they need to show improvement next year? Yeah, I mean, I could divide those pretty easily, actually. I, I like the season that Jacob Chikrin had, by and large. I, I think they're really happy with his progress. And and But for the last several games, I thought Christian Dvorak had a really good season as well. But the other three guys were, were far too inconsistent. Uh, Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz need to produce more than they did. And, and again, look, it, it, it's not in a vacuum. Part of that is who are you playing with, what, what's around you, where are you playing in the lineup. All of that matters nonetheless. They're being paid to produce, and they need to do it more consistently. And with Oliver, I mean, he's your captain. He's supposed to be your leader. He can't be inconsistent. He can't be making the mistakes like he did in Winnipeg when they're up 2 nothing, and Nikolai Ehlers gets around him and scores and turns momentum. That was a huge loss for him. Those things have happened with Oliver too often this season, so they've got to get more consistency from him as well. Just you talking about that Winnipeg game, like that play was painful, but that was also the last game the Coyotes have played, so even just thinking about that is painful. So thanks, Craig. Um, Darcy, Darcy Kemper, the season he had, is this going to go down potentially as one of the great lost seasons from a goaltender in NHL history? Because he was playing like a Vezina winner in the first half of the year. He gets hurt, he comes back, and now the season is on pause. It, it's, it's the sort of year that was amazing and very memorable when it was going on. But with everything else that has happened since then, it feels like it's just going to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, and I remember talking to some writers. I was, I was talking to Nick, Nick Katsunika when I was on the road earlier this season from NHL.com, and there were a lot of writers who really thought he was not just in the Vezina race, but in the Hart Trophy race wow. at one point with what he was doing. So it's a real shame that, you know, like so many things of this season that might be lost, that they're not going to get to take advantage of, of Darcy Kemper. And, and, of course, that they lost him for that chunk of time when they when they dropped out of the playoff spot. Um We'll see if he can sustain this. If he can have another season like this, though, he's, he's really established himself at that point as one of the top goaltenders in the league. Uh, before I wrap up, I want to ask you about a couple players. Let's start with Phil Kessel. Uh, the season he had was obviously disappointing by his standards. I don't think it's fair. I and mean, you and I talked about this on the Natural Hattrick podcast a number of times before the season even began. It wasn't fair to expect Phil Kessel to come in here and score 35 goals because that's just that's not who he is at this point in his career, and he's not playing with Evgeny Malkin or some of the talent he was playing with in Pittsburgh. But this was a disappointing season for him production-wise. Do you expect any form of a bounce back next year? Well, it depends on what Phil Kessel does in the offseason, to be honest. I don't, I don't think it's a secret at this point what's needed from Phil. He needs to commit to a, a better training process than he has. And I, I, I think that message is probably 
going to be delivered in this offseason. There were times where he just looked gassed out on the ice. He was missing the net on on occasions. He was making mistakes. A a lot of things that I think training could help with. And he's 32 years old now. Look, I've said this many times, but Shane Doan used to preach this. When you get over the 30 hump, you need to train even harder and you need to train smarter in order to keep your body in NHL shape. It gets harder. It's a steep slope down if you don't take care of your body. And I think we saw that a little bit with Phil. Again, you mentioned he wasn't playing with the same talent, but it was more than that. I don't think that he was in the shape that he needed to be in to produce for the Coyotes. Yeah, 14 goals in 70 games this season. The last time he went under 23 goals in the season was 2008 with Boston. And uh, he was was essentially what that was his second year in the league. So they obviously need more from him. On the flip side, Connor Garland's continued to impress all season long. I I don't know. I mean, it's either him or Jacob Chikrin in my mind as, as far as most improved player on the team this season. I might even give it to Chikrin because Garland essentially did this year what he did in the second half of last year when he came up. Yeah, that, that's fair. And, and and defense is such a tough position to play at that young age, especially. But but in terms of excitement and, and feel-good stories, Connor Garland was the top story on the team this year, especially after Darcy Kemper went down. It was just just pure joy, to be honest, to watch him play. The way he competes, the way he goes to the net, that, that impossible-to-hit nature that he has in the corners. He's just a blast to watch. And, and, and it's even more fun when you're talking to him because he's, he's a great personality. He's an honest guy. He's a terrific interview. He just he did everything right. And, and we've talked about this before. He had to remake his game entirely to succeed in the NHL. So kudos to him for doing it. Craig Morgan, great stuff as always. Always enjoy talking hockey with you, and hopefully next time you're on, we're talking about actual games. Yeah, amen to that, Luke. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks a lot. That's friend of the show, Craig Morgan. You can find his work on The Athletic. Great writing there, and uh, and Craig is right there at the top of the list for just amazing Coyotes coverage. You can also find him on the Natural Hattrick podcast here on ArizonaSports.com with myself and Jamie Eisner. We do that show every week. We might be going to every other week right now with no games going on, no playoffs heading into the offseason potentially. I mean, I'm still holding out hope that we get an actual, uh, we get a playoff, even if it starts up in June or July or whatever, even if you just start in the playoffs. But either way, you can always find him on The Athletic and you can find him on the Natural Hattrick Podcast on ArizonaSports.com. We do that every week uh, and it's, it's a good time. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to you for listening. Uh, thanks to Chris B17 who uh, tweeted into the show with a Taylor Hall question, and we got it answered in there. Sorry, Chris, I didn't read your name off as I was asking the question, but I think we essentially did answer it in there. It's a complicated question, but uh, appreciate you writing in. You can always write into the show at Rundown987. So, again, thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Michaela Perkins for producing. I'm Luke Lipinski. This has been The Rundown on ArizonaSports.com.